And when your main priority is to be accepted and be liked, you're, you justify a lot of behaviors and decisions that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise made if you were secure in who you were. Welcome to the Raising Confident Teens podcast, where we talk about life and leadership with teens and their parents. I'm Hudson. And I'm Rachel. Hudson, what does a D1 athlete, drug dealer, husband, pastor, father, and founder of a coaching company have in common? I have no idea. Well, you're going to find out today because it's all actually the same person. Our guest today, Kyle Sullivan. He's had quite the journey, and all of those roads have led to the creation of unleash the champ kyle founded unleash the champ to create powerful coaching experiences for people to match their personal fulfillment to their professional success by using what he calls the playbook to crush overwhelm and increase confidence in the four phases of life with over 10 years of organizational leadership and team development leading thousands of people plus a growing desire to learn it all he strives to inspire people everywhere to unlock the cages that are in to unleash the champ within Welcome to the podcast, Kyle. Hello, hello. Glad to be on here. It's uh, it's always cool hearing the, uh, the bio. I'm like, yeah, I, those are all seasons of life for me. <laughs> yeah, I know you had a pretty rough start uh, at the beginning of your life. Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood? Yeah, so all the way back to the to the beginning, my my parents, I was born to two high school students. And so, you know, babies having babies. And then, so my dad, dad dropped out, got his GED and just started working and a biological mom, um, for, you know, whatever reason, multitude of reasons, probably, uh, left when I was about six months old. And, uh, so that set in motion, my dad taking care of me, uh, for, you know, the early toddler years until he got remarried and, uh, you know, grew up in a good home, uh, mind your manners don't cause too much trouble and uh you know good old louisiana boy and so um wasn't wasn't too uh rough of a childhood but it was it was high standards and uh very militant type uh atmosphere for my dad it's it's actually amazing that it turned out that you grew up in a good home because the statistics show you know two teenage parents you didn't have a very good chance there to start with Oh yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's pretty incredible. My dad, uh, you know, had all these aspirations and whatnot, like most seniors in high school would. And uh, then I came, and uh, so he dropped out, got his GED, and just started working. And said, "Hey, this is my son. I'm gonna I'm gonna provide the best I can." And uh, it's crazy to me to think that when my dad was the age I am now at 35. I was 15, uh, 16 almost. I have a two and a half year old and I couldn't imagine her being 16 right now. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, my dad was a statistic breaker for sure. Yeah. And I've heard you talk about him on other podcasts and I can tell you really, really respect and love him for yeah. what he did. Oh, absolutely. I could have easily, 
Uh, and it would have been easy to justify, you know, as man, I got the whole life ahead of me. I got, you know, we'll just, we'll just let this kid go into the system and go into whoever. And that wasn't, that wasn't what he did. And even to this day, I'd say my dad is the hardest working man that I know, um, always got odd and end jobs in addition to his full-time job. So it's, uh, he, I'd learned a lot. Uh, I learned a lot from him for sure. So even though you were in a good home, you still, you struggled 100 percent. you know i think a lot of coaching a lot of counseling a lot of mentorship and and just processing through it on this side of adulthood um you know i think that subconsciously having yeah i guess today they'd call it abandonment uh issues you know it's like there's something subconscious that happens when whether you realize it or not at, at such a young age and um, and I think so much of what I did and how it came into my life was because I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be, uh, you know, the cool kid. Um, you know, people like, oh, when's the first time that you you remember like pain in your life, or when's the first time that you remember heartache in your life? I can tell you, it was the playground at recess, sixth grade, when the cool kids told me that I couldn't be a part of their group. And oh my gosh, I was I was crushed in sixth grade. I can't be a part of the cool kids group. And I just resolved in my head that I was gonna do whatever it took to get into that group. And when your main priority is to be accepted and be liked, you're, you justify a lot of behaviors and decisions that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise made if you were secure in who you were right yeah we've been foster and and adoptive parents and it's true like even if even if you take care of a kid from birth they still do have trauma that they have you know that they know even though they don't know it consciously there is some trauma that has to be healed absolutely so what would you if you could go back and speak to 15 year old kyle what would you say to him you know, I, I get that question a lot because of the kind of the roller coaster of my life. Um, I would tell him that your high school friends are not going to be your friends forever, uh, though I wouldn't have believed it. Um, <laughs> I'm like, we're going to be friends forever. <laughs> um, sports are important, but they're not everything. Don't be afraid to uh, follow your passions. Um, regardless of what people may think or say, you know, I threw a lot into sports because that's what I, in my town, if you're an athlete, you were everything, but I, I had a lot in interest in, in the arts and theater and, and, um, you know, kind of musical kind of stuff. And because it wasn't cool, quote unquote, right. I, I quit. And I just went all into football and I became, you know, the stereotypical jock. And it's been a lot of time kind of, you know, getting to the place where I'm more secure in myself. Um, but, yeah, I would say it it's it's going to be OK. And that sounds, sounds so cliche, um, but don't don't be afraid to make mistakes, too. Yeah, I think I I, I did a lot of the stuff because. 
I was just going to go with the crowd. I was just, I wasn't, I wasn't willing to stand out. I wasn't willing to stand up. I wasn't willing to do that. I just kind of was tossed to and fro and, you know, oh, we're doing this. Oh, we like this person. Oh, we don't like this person. Oh, we're not doing this now. And be willing to stand up, be willing to say, you know what? I don't want to do that. It's fine if y'all do, but it's just not going to be me. Um, would be some of the things that I would tell 15-year-old Kyle. Yeah, that's good. So so when did you start getting into drugs? Uh, so the first time was New Year's Eve, my senior year of high school. And it was at a party. And I, I knew friends that did drugs. Uh, little stuff. And again, little stuff is relative, but in the scheme of where I got to, it was little, you know, little weed, little pills, whatever, and um, pretty recreational. But I knew people that did it, but I didn't because I was in sports and I knew that at any time I could get drug tested and I wasn't willing to throw it away. Well, it was about two weeks after football ended for my high school career and it was New Year's Eve. And so that's the first time. And it just kind of recreational intensified slowly. Then when I got into college, that's when it really took off. Got, I wouldn't even say mixed up. I just, I was, I joined a fraternity. I was an athlete in college and that stuff was just prevalent. Um, it's not prevalent everywhere, but in the circles I found myself in, it was. And, and so it, it intensified to a point where, the only way that I could keep up my habit is to start selling. And I quickly realized I can make a lot of money. And as a impressionable wanting to be accepted, wanting to be liked and, and wanting to have options to have people like him, it was a combination for disaster really, um, for me to get into that world. So how'd you get out? I got jumped at a drug deal. And the the listeners, if you if you look at your right hand and the, the the middle knuckle of your pinky and the middle knuckle of your index finger, put it over where your pinky is touching your nose. And that's where my hand was as a guy beat me and I was covering up my nose and my eye and the scar. I got two scars on two fingers that represent and remind me of that moment in my life where. I I got jumped and I called a guy that I respected from my parents' church and it was like three o'clock in the morning and I said, I need effing Jesus. I just didn't abbreviate anything. And he said, okay, come on. And so I drove over to his house, bloodied, shirt ripped, blood in my truck and had a long conversation with him about how this was probably not the best way to live my life. Yeah, that's amazing. You still in contact with him? I am. I am. We talk uh we talk periodically. Yeah, you know, he he definitely keeps up with what I'm doing and I keep up with him and uh I talk to him maybe about three or four times a year. We catch up. So how did you transition to um I know you spent some years in ministry. 
Yep. And then you decided to start your own coaching company. Do you think that a lot of that had to do with what you had gone through as a, as a young adult? Oh, totally. Yeah, it, I believe I'm a, I'm a huge believer that everything builds upon itself. There's nothing good or bad in our life that's wasted. And so everything in my life from, you know, I, I was always the kid that was really good at selling the candy bars or the discount cards or yeah I got in trouble for selling I buy buy the concession from the recess and then sell it back to my friends like I was that kid like trying to make a quarter profit and it's all everything built upon itself and then getting to be a part of two of the largest churches in in America for you know almost 10 years and being in ministry for 11 and a half years total all of that built upon the moment where I said, okay, now's the time. It's time to go. And Unleash the Champ was officially born. And a lot of that was based on October 5th, 2019 at 1247 a.m. when Miss Piper Grace Sullivan, my little girl, was born. And everything changed in me and everything uh, shifted because I wanted to give her presence of time not just presence of things. Right. So you felt like you could do that more as an entrepreneur than as a pastor? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yep. I know how that is. We, yep. <laughs> as a yeah, missionary I, kid. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, there are, it's seasonal for sure, but I know long-term I can, I can do and build more for my family and what I'm doing now, then I'd be able to in in the in the walls of vocational ministry. Right. So what do you see as your purpose um, for your coaching minute? Yep. Your coaching uh, company? Yeah, absolutely. So what we say is that we help people enhance their professional success without creating a personal mess. So how we do that is helping people uncover, that's the discovery piece of why you're here on planet Earth, and then unleash, go after, chase after, run after the champ you crave to be. Everybody everybody at some point has the moment where they say, I wonder if there's more for me. It can happen at various ages and stages of life. Maybe even happened multiple times in life. But our company exists for people to uncover and unleash the champ they crave to be. Yeah. For a lot of people, it seems like the goal is to be comfortable. Yeah. Is that, 100%. is it, is it really a conscious goal or is it just that's where they've settled? You know, I think it's, it's a combination of both of those and it's a lot of what you're, you're brought up in. You know, if you are in a house where you don't see risk being taken and you, you know, we have two kids under two and a half. And even my wife and I, like with our little girl who looks like her mama, but she is my personality. Loud, uh, bold, fearless, jumping off of couches. Like, that's, that's my little girl. And we have to be careful by saying, oh, be careful. Oh, be careful. Oh, be careful. 
And it's like you start to condition even as a child that you shouldn't take risk, you shouldn't fail, you shouldn't feel because if you get hurt, what a lot of parents that I'm around go, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, because we don't want the reaction. But and so we start to condition ourselves that we should not feel, we should not fail, and we should not, we should not have faith to go for anything because we may get hurt. And so I think it's a lot of conditioning of our, our environment that until we're disrupted enough or in pain enough, we won't we won't go out of it. What do you see holding most people back? Man, they just don't they don't know what they want or they are afraid to define it. So hold you know, I, I mentioned in high school, I really liked theater. And I was decent at it. I'm animated. I, I could learn the lines. I, I'm pretty theatrical in my expression. Um, and so easily would have loved to do plays and in theater. But environment, again, the circle you keep said, no, nah, Sullivan, that's, that's not cool. And so I, oh, no, no, I don't want to do that. And so that held me back from something I actually am desired to do. And so I would say what holds people back is one, not defining it, two, not knowing what it would be. Um, that's the biggest thing is ask yourself, like, if you knew you wouldn't fail, it's very cliche, but if you knew you wouldn't fail, what would you try? Right. So would you say that's the number one thing you would need to do to be successful define your vision oh i think it's i think it's the the launching pad for sure um because where there is no vision you have no direction right it's like going on a trip with no map that's right <laughs> what is the number one thing someone needs to be successful that's what he just told us oh uh, never mind never mind <laughs> I was like, I can come up with another thing, man. Uh, I can come up with number two. Okay, give us, ask him what else. What is the number two else? thing you need to be successful? Love it. The uh, so you have a vision. You have a vision, and then this you take. Okay, here's what I want, and what they call reverse engineer. So you take what you want and you reverse engineer it by going, okay, what are the things that I need to do to get here? So if it's like, what's a, let's, let's just play this out real quick. If we got, what's a goal that you have right now? I mean, I'm hiking the AT right now. Well, part of it okay. this summer. That that's, you said hiking? Yeah, yeah. He's hiking the Appalachian trail. Oh, wow. Okay. Go big or go home. That's my Dude, you're unleashing the champ. Um, so probably with your training, you you have okay. I want to do this much each day, this each week, something like that, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's the number two thing. So you have what you want to do: hike the Appalachian Trail. Two is going. What is it going to take to get there? That's your training program. And then I'll even give you the third thing. It's the trifecta of predictable success. So you know what you want, you know how you need to how you need to get there. And then the third thing would say, Am I willing to do the work to make these things happen? 
Because you can have the plan, you can have the direction, but if you're not committed to it, regardless of what happens, it's not going to be successful. So that's what I would say. Vision, direction, commitment. Vision, direction, commitment. Which one of those do you think people struggle with the most? Mm, can I put like one A, B, and C? <laughs> um, I think it's the, it goes back to the vision thing. And that's the biggest piece of it. Because you want to you wanna get a group of people in an argument, ask them where they want to go to eat. They don't have a vision of what they want, and they're not willing to say what they want. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What do you want? When me and my friends go out, it's literally none of us care where we go, so we never know where to go. Remember, uh, I don't know if you remember this, Hudson, but we used to have this, we used to have this spinning wheel that we would spin after church to figure out where we were going to go with our friends. I do not remember this. Nobody wanted to make the decision, so there was an app on the phone where you spin the wheel, and it like picks which restaurant. Listen, my wife and I, we will say, okay, where do you want to go? Each of us have to has to pick a place, and then we rock rock paper scissors to see who wins. And that's where we go. Yeah, but yeah, that, I mean, for things like restaurants, it's not a big deal. But for your life, you really <laughs> rock paper scissors probably is not the best. Um, I mean, it could be <laughs> if you're stuck on a decision. And this is this is where like I used to tell people when I was in ministry and I was particularly even a youth pastor I talked to juniors and seniors and they're they're t- oh where do I go to college and what do I want to do with my life I'm like first of all you're you it's probably not going to be what you ultimately do with your life but right. yeah, let's say it does I would say hey God's will God's will is whatever our commitments when it comes to like following after Jesus for those of us that are Christians is to love God and Love his people. And there's like a 2B, follow his commandments. Outside of those things, if you're not doing anything sinful, just make a decision. Right. Yeah, we feel like if I do this, I can never change what I decided to do. Right. And that free, that makes a lot of people like deer in the headlights because they feel like this is going to determine everything. 100%. Yeah. Um, so you talk about having a championship run. What does that mean? Yeah, that's my that's my spunky way of saying like your purpose in life, your direction. Uh, I I envision it as you know, again playing sports all my life, and at the beginning of a season, there was always so much hope. There was almost always so much expectation, whether it was pee wee football, little league baseball, powerlifting, high school football, whatever, whatever the teams I played on. It was always so much anticipation at the beginning of the championship run. We we had so much we wanted to accomplish. And that's the feeling that I want people to, to never lose is every day is the start of your championship run and you're getting closer and closer and closer to it. And that's that's the power. That's what it is. And so it goes back to, hey, you set that where you want. That's your vision. That's your championship run. And then I tell my clients, just get 90 feet a day. It's the distance between home base, home plate, and first base. What do you mean by that? Like, just do something? Yeah, just get on base. My yeah. coaches would always tell me, because I, again, you know, this probably ties back to my need for approval and want to be liked. I would always swing for the fences. Uh, I mean, I'd make these 
big, massive swings and like strike out <laughs> and just be just be furious. And my coach would say, Sullivan, Sully, hey, come here, come here. I just need you to get on base. If you get on base, you can help the team. You striking out doesn't help the team. And so that's why I'd say, hey, just get on base. Get 1% better. Get 90 feet a day. Just keep getting on base and you'll be successful. How do you become a champion without getting sucked into the hustle culture? Ooh, we go. I'm going to play a little bit of a devil's advocate here, my, my, my man. So I think in seasons of your life, you got to hustle. Yeah, that's true. And so one of the things that people will tell you and that is, is really prevalent in our society is, oh, you need to have, you need to have like work-life balance. Oh, that's balance is bogus. Balance is bogus. And if you look at one of my most recent posts, you'll see a, a stronger phrase. But balance is bogus. I am focused on presence. And so there are times in, in my life that I am hustling like crazy. And it's long days, it's early night, or it's early mornings, late nights. And then there's also times like eight days from now where I'm I'm about to go to the beach for 10 days and probably do 15% of what I would normally do in a 10-day period. All right. And so just as a car like if you're constantly you're constantly hitting a gas brake gas brake gas brake it's not very good but if you're gas for a while let off the gas hit the brake gas for a while hit the brake it's more of a dance than just say like oh you shouldn't hustle okay so be mediocre that's fine but there are times where you have to put in the extra effort but make sure that you keep presence and keep aware of like how you're feeling and when you need to pull back and when you need to push in. Right. I think I, I kind of agree with you. Like, I feel like there are certain seasons in your life where you've got to hustle. Like when you're starting a new business. Right. Um, I think when you're a teenager and just starting out, don't have a family yet. That's a great time to hustle and get everything lined up. Absolutely. Right. If you know what you're going to do. Um, Even if you don't know what you're going to do, just do something. <laughs> right. You've got all the time in the world. Right. But it's a great time to like, heck, if oh you can gosh. put your, if you can uh, plug into the power of compounding interest and plow in a ton of Hello. money when you're young. Right. Hello. Right. Um, but I also, I also say if you're, if you're going years and years and years and you're not stopping, <laughs> you need to, oh, yeah. you, you need to step back and say, Hey, uh, yeah, I'm talking. Do I have any friends left? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm talking weeks at a time, not right, years right. at a time. Yeah, yeah. So what is what is the playbook that you talk about? Yeah, the playbook, man. That's a that's like the cornerstone of what we do at Unleash the Champ because, again, like vision, most people don't have a plan for what they want to achieve in their life, and so the playbook focuses on the four phases of life personal, your body, how are you improving your body? How are you pushing yourself physically? Relationships to yourself and others, your emotional well-being, health, mindset, limiting beliefs, things like that. And then what you do for 
your professional life, purpose, things that, you know, inspire you to make an impact and income in this world. And so we work on 90 day seasons and you set achievable targets, you track it. It's incredible when you just go, okay, here's the four buckets of my life. Here's the four phases of my life. And I'm going to set intention. I'm going to set the vision. Here's what I want. Okay, I want this. Okay, here's how I need to get it. You set the 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 direction. And then you you put it somewhere. Like on, on mine, it's the desktop to my computer. I look at it every single day, multiple times a day. And so you keep it in front of you and you, you keep looking at the playbook and uh, more times than not, you'll, you'll be able to run the plays that are in there. Right. So it's like a vision board. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, so I just want to point something out here. When, when I said balance is bogus, I don't mean, I don't mean that you should only work in one area of your life. Like, like obviously you're, you're teaching people, you know, you need to work in all these areas. But, but there are going to be seasons of your life where one is probably going to be more of your priority than another. 100%. Right. So when we, when we talk, when people talk about balance, I think a lot of people get confused because they feel like they have to have every area spread out, you know, and if you spread your focus like that, it is really hard to get stuff done. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. And I always encourage people to go and look like Google uh, or get on YouTube or something and just type in like scale at complete balance. And I always ask them, what is it not doing? It's not moving. So to say you want balance is to imply that you don't want progress because you constantly have to make sure that both sides are not moving. Otherwise you're out of balance. Yeah. I never thought about that. Um, You know, for the most part, we don't teach people how to be leaders. I remember uh, when I was 18 years old, I was talking to one of the kids about this today. I was managing this team. I worked at this huge campground resort at Mount Rushmore, and we had hundreds of campsites, bunches of cabins, um, all kinds of activities. Sometimes during the summer, there would be more people at the campground than there were in most of the cities in South Dakota. so there were a bunch of high school and college students that worked there in the summer and I'm over this team and no one taught me how to be a leader. And I did all right, but I think, I think that's a very common occurrence for young people. They're, they're put into a position of leadership and no one really tells them how to do it. So if we have, like, speak to the teenager out there that wants to be a leader, but no one's really teaching them, um, and they want to be able to do everything that they're capable of and are called to do, what should they be focusing on? Mm, I love that question, Rachel. Um, And it's, I won't say easier, it's simpler today than ever before to grow yourself. Yes. You have amazing podcasts like this. You You have books on audio, video, paperback, Kindle, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, like you can find the information you want. I have a mentor that says, if you don't know something, that's fine. If you don't know something five minutes later, it's your fault. (laughs) That's good. Because you can literally just take out your phone and Google something. You could say, hey, and put in your, you know, 
assistant of choice, Siri, Alexa, Google, whatever, and tell me that. Well, tell me what this is. And so you can constantly type in how to be a better leader, how to achieve your goals, how to be the best version of you, how to unleash the champ, how to be confident as a teen. You can find it. And so that information is not the problem. Oftentimes, what I would encourage is to find somebody doing something you think you may like to do. And just go ask if you can do something for them. Hey, can I can I take out the trash? Can I? I mean, I think some of my mentors, even now, like I've washed my mentor's car. I have, like early on, I mean, I mowed grass for them. I just said, hey, I just want to be around you. There's, I mean, I got mentors even to this day. I will make up reasons to be in their city just so I can grab coffee with them. I still do that. It's good. And I mean, this is me driving multiple hours to be in a city that I know that they're going to be in just so I can get time with them. And so that doesn't have to be that extreme. And as a teenager, it's not going to be. But you could find, hey, this is what this is. I like this person. I, I, I think I'll study this thing. And so I would ask. I would encourage the teenagers something super practical is take out a piece of paper and write the qualities of a person that you would like to be mentored by a person that you would like to emulate those things that we were talking about. Hey, I want to be known for this, 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 and as much or as little as you can think of. And then, Hey, what do I want to learn? Again, what's amazing is you don't have to be boxed in. So you could literally look at what it takes to be an amazing, you know, uh, piano player or saxophonist or whatever. And then the next time, you know, next look at what it takes to be a elite rock climber. Right. You can look at all of it. Yeah. And that's a, a lot of times what I would encourage is like, listen, try everything. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to hurt you like, <laughs> or get you thrown in jail. I mean, hurt, a little hurt is fine. Um, but like if it's illegal. Don't. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I learned a lot of stuff from doing illegal things. So I don't know. We uh, don't, don't encourage that. <laughs> so I don't encourage you follow my path. There's stand on my shoulders and say, don't do anything illegal. Um, but that is a really easy way to start going, okay, here, who are the people that I admire? Why do I admire them? How can I emulate or model myself after who they are? Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I like that. I like that tip about, you know, you know just action brings clarity. Just find one thing right now that you want to work on. And, oh gosh, and yeah. you, start, you start studying that and, and you will know where to go next. 100%. I got a buddy. I got a buddy. His son is his son is 13 and I think he is pro I mean he's been into esports, he's been into hunting, he's been into football, he's been into theater, he's been into that like I mean he's done it all. He's done it all and I'm like good for him. Yeah. Because now he's kind of landing on a couple things he's really passionate about. 
but I think we do I think we do teenagers a disservice when we say, Okay, you're you know, you're in high school now, tell me what you're gonna do for the rest of your life. I know thirty five year olds that don't know what they're gonna do tomorrow. Right. And we and we expect Hudson, we expect you at you know, you say fourteen? Yeah. Yeah. At fourteen. All right, man, tell me what you're gonna do for the next seventy years of your life. <laughs> Good luck, buttercup. Like it's not gonna happen. Um, and so we, we should give teenagers the grace to uh, try a lot of things. And, you know, I know that it was always really difficult when I was a youth pastor and I'd talk to parents and and say, like, well, they just need to stick with something. And it's like, yeah, because you're holding them to your standard. You, at 30, 40, 50 years old, should stick with something, at least a couple things. But a 14, 15, 16-year-old, eh, try it all, see what sticks, and then go after that. Yeah, that's what we do. Right, Hudson? Yeah. Hudson's done all kinds of stuff. Because um, you don't know until you try it. Yeah, you don't know until you try it. And my dad was really good. My parents were really good about My dad and stepmom were good about that. They just had one rule. If I started, because a lot of mine was sports and yeah. team-related. If I started a season, I had to finish a season. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add? Nah, man. I think we've talked about a lot. It's uh, if if the listeners will take some time this week and really uh, iron this out for you know what they want in the next you know ninety to one hundred and eighty days, this episode could be really powerful for a lot of people. Yeah. It seems like that has become the popular way of doing it because it works. You know, we used to do it by the year. That's just too far. Too long. Yeah. Listen, I, if we learned anything about what we've all as a world have experienced since March of 2020, um, and if you listeners don't know what that is, they've lived under a rock. <laughs> um, we learned that one, three, five, ten, twenty-year goals in a moment's notice can be completely turned on its head. Right. And so let's let's shorten the let's shorten the sprint, focus on a few things and build on that more like mile markers than annual goals when let's be real. Any adult listening to this know when you started working on your annual goal in the eleventh month. So right. let's just be let's just be honest. Yeah. Uh, so this way you stay focused, it's urgent, you take more action and get more done. Yeah, you feel like, oh, man, I got all year to do that. So you don't do anything until... Right. Until Thanksgiving, you're like, ah, crap. (laughs) I better start working on my goal. Yeah. Hey, where can people find you, Kyle? Yeah, main hub now is unleashthechamp.com. So unleashthechamp.com. On Instagram, at Kyle J. Sullivan. I'm most active on there. Send me a message. Uh, put like confident teens in the so I know it came from this show and I'd uh, love to hear your story love to hear how it resonated and what action you took because of our show today yeah that'd be awesome all right this has been a great conversation hey friends if you like our content we would love it if you would leave us a review and share our podcast with your friends have a great week <laughs>